Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother. From TSN's Overdrive, get me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. And just a reminder, this is a daily Maple Leafs podcast. Make us your first listen of the day. If you are a well coming back to the podcast and this is not your first time, thank you so much for returning and giving us another shot. If this is your first time, hopefully you do like what what I have to say today, and uh, well, hopefully I can keep you as uh, as a listen, and you come back because the season is just around the corner, and we are about to really kick this podcast into into second gear here. So I'm really excited. Um, we are legitimately like within a few days of puck drop. Puck drop is. Wednesday, between the Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens, there's still one game to go in the preseason. Before we do get to that, though, that'll be tomorrow night. Uh, here at Scotiabank Arena in Toronto, they'll be hosting the Ottawa Senators. And uh, we got some breaking news about that game. There will be full capacity allowed at that game. That's right, a full Barn will be legally allowed to get packed into there. I haven't seen if the Leafs have are selling tickets. This news broke literally like 20 minutes ago as of me recording this, but I would assume that there is a contingency plan to get as many people into the building as possible, and uh, there probably is tickets for you to go out there and buy if you do want to go to that game. Uh, it turns out Austin Matthews will not play in that final game, so we did get that little piece of news today from Sheldon Keefe down in, in uh, down at practice and. If you guys missed it, they they're they're not even in Toronto. They actually went on a little team bonding trip up to Gravenhurst, up in the Muskoka area, um, and that's kind of where they've been for the last couple of days, practicing, just kind of chilling, getting to know each other, getting to know the new group, playing some golf. Um, it's a really good time up there. I'm sure a lot of listeners have spent some time up in that area. I know I was there for a wedding actually not too long ago. Love being up in the Muskoka Woods uh, side of side of Ontario. It's a nice little spot. So it's nice that they were able to kind of get away from the city for a little bit, have a nice bonding trip, also get some practices, play some hockey, um, and hopefully they come back ready, refreshed, energized, put forward a good effort on Saturday, and then get going for puck drop on Wednesday. So uh, a couple of things we're going to get to on today's podcast. Uh, we are going to, well, there's some news that I got to get to. Um, I, I already talked about how full capacity has now been announced, uh, not just for Toronto, but all sporting events, uh, sporting arenas or select, I suppose, uh, but all the major ones, the pro ones um, within Ontario, effective tomorrow, October 9th. Uh, so, you know, if uh, the Raptors are going to be able to to pack the building, too bad the Jays weren't able to make it to the playoffs or else they would have 50,000 screaming fans down there. BMO's going to be able to pack the place, even up, uh, you know, in Ottawa, Canadian Tire Center. I know that they don't pack the place because, well, who wants to go watch that tire fire? Just saying. Shots fired. Um, but they can. If you want to go, you can. Um, and they will, uh, they will have full capacity. Uh, there as well. 
So really, really good news. Just another sign that we're kind of getting out of this pandemic slowly, but surely. A couple other little pieces of news that we'll get to. Also, I will go through my projected Maple Leafs opening night depth chart. That's what today's podcast will mainly be about. Going to go through who I believe will be on the ice in the lineup opening night, barring any injuries, that is, of course. Uh, This is assuming that everyone who's healthy now will remain healthy and uh, will be in the lineup come Wednesday when they take on the Montreal Canadiens in front of a packed house. So excited about that news. Uh, before I get there, a couple other little pieces of news uh, to, to run through. Austin Matthews named to Team USA. He was one of the three players, the three locks, I suppose, uh, who did get named to Team USA along with uh, Patrick Kane and Seth Jones. Um, and if you saw, it, it, I, I don't know why the countries are doing this the you know the double ihf they're just releasing like three players at a time each team has released like their three locks their three guys who will be on team canada and then i believe in january they're going to release the full roster um and it's just like a little taste like yeah, we're going to have a full roster, but like these three guys will will be there. I think for Canada, it was like Connor McDavid, um, Sidney Crosby, and was it, Al, was it Petrangelo? I believe Petrangelo was was the third guy for uh, for Canada. But yeah, Austin Matthews uh, was one of the, the locks to make Team USA. Don't think anybody didn't expect that to happen, but it's going to be really cool. You know, getting, uh, it, it seems more likely now, especially since we're actually seeing like, sports arenas open up and and you know starting to see some restrictions get lifted that it seems more and more likely that the Olympics will actually come. Um, and I know as of now it is, you know, NHLers are expected to go. The the schedule is laid out as such, but there was always a clause that if things changed um, and restrictions end up kind of ramping up then they would pull back, keep them here and then kind of there would be a different schedule that they would start to roll out. But um you know, seeing all of the news, uh, all the progression as of late, it seems like it's more and more likely that we will get our first best on best tournament um, in in years. Like this will be the first time that Austin Matthews will get to represent his country uh, at the Olympics. First time Connor McDavid will get to represent his country at the Olympics. Um, and like a McDavid Matthews best on best tournament is something that we've always been waiting for. Like legitimately been waiting for. We're waiting for Sid and McDavid and McKinnon to be on the same team as each other. Waiting for, you know, potentially seeing like McDavid and Marner on a team together. Um, I'm I'm really excited. Uh, Like these restrictions means it's just a good sign, you know, and and, uh, I'm really excited to see that. But it's funny, you know, we're kind of going to have to probably root against uh, root against Austin Matthews for most of us who are here in Canada. I know we do have some American listeners as well. Howdy to y'all. Um, and you probably will be stoked to root for Austin Matthews. But up here in Toronto, uh, for, for that few weeks, for that two weeks in the Olympics, um, Matthews will be enemy number one. Uh, one other thing that I'm going to get to before I get to my, my projection for the depth chart for opening night, my lineup for opening night, um, TSM put out their top 50 list. If you recall, the locked on network also put on their top 50 list or put one out, uh, uh, over the course of the off season. Um, if you want to listen to that or go find the list, you can over at the locked on NHL podcast or at the locked on NHL podcast, Twitter account. 
Um, so we had on the Locked On Network, there were four Maple Leafs who made the top 50 list, and TSN's only had three who made the top 50 list. Um, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, and then John Tavares. So the lone player who the Locked On Network had on their list that TSN did not was William Nylander. And if you guys recall, if you are a, a, a subscriber to the pod and you've been around for a little bit, I was surprised when my fellow Locked On compadres actually voted um, him into the top 50 because he wasn't on my top 50 list. And I am the host of Locked On Least for Pete's sake, and I didn't even have him on my top 50 list. Uh, and he came in at like number 33. I was stunned when I saw that. Uh, and so the fact that he wasn't on the TSN top 50 list kind of makes me feel a little bit better that, uh, okay, so I don't just have like blue and white syndrome where I'm just too hard on Willie. Clearly, um, you know, there are others out there that also feel like Nylander, although he had a great playoff uh, and a great second half of the season, Got to see it on a more consistent basis. Maybe next year, if he does what he did in the playoffs or he does what he did you know, towards the end of the year, if he does it again in a full 82-game season, I think he's got a good shot at cracking the top 50 next year, but not quite ready for me to put him there uh, this year, and clearly a lot of other TSM personalities felt the same. But what is interesting is how dead on we were at uh, the Locked On Network and TSN we both had Austin Matthews as the number three player um, in uh, in the in in our rankings, uh, and then John Tavares also we had him at forty, as did uh, the TSN list. So both Matthews and Tavares were ranked uh, exactly the same places in the Locked On NHL and the lo- and the the TSN top fifty rankings. So I thought that that was quite neat, and that just goes to show that. You know, we got some real smart people up here in the Locked On Podcast Network. So, you know, if you're not, uh, if you're only subscribed to to my channel, uh, the Locked On Lease Pod, look, we got a bunch of smart people. You could, every single team has a local expert, a host. They know their stuff. Uh, and you can go check out their podcasts as well. And also the national Locked On NHL show that I host uh, once a week on Tuesdays. We go through the Eastern Conference myself and Locked On Sabres host Joe DiBiase. Um, so that's just another podcast here on the Locked On Network that you can go and join um, and, and just you know keep adding to that hockey content. The the the, the Just keep adding to the playlist. Um, but yeah, so like Matthews coming in at three, Tavares coming in at 40. Uh, TSN had Marner coming in at 16. Lockdown Network had him coming in at 18. So still super close. I think on my list, I had Marner, I think at like 12 or 13. So I even had him a little bit higher than, than both of the lists had him. Um, but clearly... It's special the fact that the Maple Leafs do have three players that are considered top 40 guys in the NHL. Uh, you would, th- like, that's pretty, pretty good. <laughs> At the end of the day, that's pretty, pretty good. It'd be nice if, you know, we were the Edmonton Oilers where we had two in the top four, 50% of the top four, but I'll also take 50% of the top 16, or, well, I'll take two players in the top 16. Uh, all right, we'll take a quick break, and when we get back, Let's get to the lineups, all right? Let's take a peek, see how things have been going through preseason, and when I return, I will make my final roster projection for opening night. Stay tuned here on the Locked on Leafs podcast. 
All right, hockey fans, now I'm going to give you the inside track on fantasy hockey. It's Fantrax. Fantrax free NHL fantasy hockey league manager is the most customizable, easy to use, and feature rich platform in the industry. Sign up for free today. And as a special offer for Locked On Leafs fans, you'll be entered to win an official NHL signed Nathan McKinnon jersey. Simply go to fantrax.com slash locked on and sign up. That's fantrax.com slash locked on to sign up for that chance to win that free NHL signed Nathan McKinnon jersey. Fantrax is the top fantasy hockey platform in the industry. They're the most customizable fantasy platform, offering the greatest fantasy experience for your dynasty, keeper, redraft, and best ball leagues. Fantrax can import any of your current leagues and customize if needed. If you're coming from another service, Fantrax can import any of your current leagues and customize if needed. Ever have a trade go wrong or make a mistake and drop it a player? If you've had leagues on Yahoo or ESPN, migrate to Fantrax for a better experience. Fantrax commissioner tools allow you to undo any move with one simple click. It's among the most trusted names in fantasy sports since 2008, offering hockey, Football, baseball, basketball, college basketball, college football, golf, soccer, and even NASCAR. If there is anything lacking in your fantasy league manager, Fantrax likely has it. Fantasy sports doesn't sleep, and neither does Fantrax, with seasons running 365 days a year. There's a reason why fantasy players who drive Fantrax make it their permanent home for all their fantasy leagues. Again, sign up for free today and be entered to win an official NHL-signed Nathan McKinnon jersey. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash locked on and sign up today. That's Fantrax.com slash locked on. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. All right, welcome in here to the Locked on Lease podcast. Mike DiStefano, the host of this program. And just a reminder that this is a daily podcast. So if you do enjoy what I'm talking about today and you enjoy this pod um, and you want that daily Leafs content, this is your spot. This is the go-to place to get it. So make sure that you follow um, here. You can follow me on Twitter at McKinnisCoreCanuck or at Locked on Leafs, but also subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. That's Locked on Leafs. And be a friend and tell a friend about Locked on Leafs. So just a few days away from Puck Drop, it's next Wednesday. So literally, you got the long weekend um, here in Canada. It's Thanksgiving weekend. And then, so most people are off on Monday. You can enjoy that. And then the following Tuesday... Hockey starts. You got the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Pittsburgh Penguins kicking things off on opening night. And then the following night is the Maple Leafs and Habs kicking off their seasons for the opener uh, on the Wednesday. So it's going to be a fun, busy uh, few days up here for Canadians and for Maple Leafs fans and Canadians fans, I suppose. Um, And I'm really excited about it. And, you know, we saw cuts come down earlier this week for the Maple Leafs. And and now we're starting to somewhat see this roster take shape. And now it's my turn. I did a mock draft 1.0 or a mock depth chart 1.0 before the uh, before the training camp started. And now, as we enter the final game, the day before the final game, I can make my final Depth chart 2.0. So let's start with the forward position, start with the forward group, and let's start with the top line. So obviously, I mean, Matthews and Marner, staples. Staples on that top line. It's the left-wing position that was always going to be the battle. Or so we thought. And I say that because it seemed like 
all offseason, the conversation was, okay, well, who's going to go there? I mean, Nick Ritchie will get the opportunity, but it's going to be an open competition. Maybe maybe Mikheyev will get a chance up there. Possibly you could put Bunting up with Matthews and Marner. Uh, what if you totally, uh, you know, what if you stick Kerfoot up in the top six along with Matthews and Marner? What if uh, you could toss Cache up there into the top six? Nick Robertson is another guy who might even be able to vie for a spot there. But at the end of the day, the only guy who really has been given a run and given a chance, and he's honestly been on the line with Mitch Marner all throughout training camp to build chemistry, is Nick Ritchie. And I guess you could say it was his job to lose, and he didn't lose it. Thought he had a pretty good camp. He scored a few goals here, scored a couple goals the other night as well. Him and Marner seem to be you know, growing some chemistry together. And now that Matthews has been out on the ice for team drills over the last couple of days, now those three will have an opportunity to get things done um, and get some chemistry built between the three of them for opening night next week. Now, Marner, Matthews is not going to play tomorrow. Not going to play in that game. I don't believe Nylander's playing in that game either. Um, but still, I, you know, I it's going to be Matthews, Marner, and Richie. As long as Matthews is playing, which all indications are that he will be ready to go for opening night. So Richie, Matthews, and Marner, that's line one. Line two is where it gets a little bit more interesting. Based on what we've seen over the last couple of days, I've started to shift my thinking from bunting to Mikheyev. So it's Tavares and Nylander, clearly. And now I'm somewhat thinking that Mikheyev's going to get a run here to start on the second line. And I say that because he got an opportunity in the last game to see how they played. And then he's also going to play this next game. If he wasn't going to play in this next game with them, with Tavares on that line to try and build chemistry in the final tune-up, we could call it, then I would probably still have and say that it's bunting. But now that I see what this lineup looks like in line rushes and in camp and practice, it does seem like maybe they really are going to give Mikheyev an opportunity, going to give him a chance. I mean, I think Mikheyev, I mean, his offensive numbers aren't flattering. Like we We all know this. But that's not really what they need on that line. You know, like it's it's Nylander and Tavares. They can provide enough offense by themselves. They kind of just need like a, 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 an energizer bunny who will go into the corners and somebody who could carry the puck, um, you know, into the offensive zone or go and, and go in hard on the forecheck. And McKayev can do that, right? That's the type of stuff that he can do. He's kind of like a Hyman light, but just doesn't have as good of hands. <laughs> Although he did, you know, have a score, a pretty nice goal, a nice little snipe the other night. But at the end of the day, I believe that they really do, uh, you know, like Mikheyev wants a role with this team. And if he's not, if they don't give it to him this season, he's a UFA at the end of the year. He could walk. So I'm starting to lean Mikheyev ends up on opening night at the very least. He will get the first crack on that second line with Tavares and Nylander. Um, and and then have an opportunity from there. But once he gets there, he's, he's going to have to produce. If he's not producing, if that line's not producing, I don't think it's going to be a very long leash. And then, you know, then we'll see a guy like Michael Bunting get moved up and get an opportunity to. Um, I, I still wouldn't be shocked if it's Bunting. Like if it's Bunting, I'm not. Like, don't sit there and be like, ah, you, you change your mind. I mean, it could be. Very well Very well could be. Um, it's almost a 50-50 at this point. And the coin that I just flipped in my head 
landed on Mikheyev. Uh, and, and that's kind of who I think it's going to be. The third, now the bottom six gets a little tricky because the bottom six can go in so many different ways. Um, like, I don't really know where Kerfoot belongs. Is he going to be a winger? Is he going to be a center? Is he going to be third line, fourth line? Where exactly does Alex Kerfoot belong on this team? And it's not like he's going to be a healthy scratch. So you do need to find a a place for him. And it doesn't seem like he's been given an opportunity in the top six. So it sounds like he's going to be a guy in the bottom six. And he's someone who they've tried to develop as like a a more of a two-way guy, more of a defensive guy. They've given him some PK uh, time, tried to develop him there. It's just really interesting to see how you know, Kerfoot is going to get deployed here um, on this team. But for now, I do have Kerfoot on the third line, not in the middle. I bumped him over to the wing along with Andre Cache, assuming he's healthy, and David Kampf. And this is going to kind of be a somewhat of a shutdown line. Um... You know, like I said, they're trying to groom Kerfoot into a two-way type of player, someone who is defensively responsible. And he wasn't as defensively responsible when he was a centerman, but as a winger, I've seen that part of his game uh, do better. So I like seeing Kerfoot there. Camp, we've talked about him a lot on this podcast, but if you're new, you know, he was brought in here to be a shutdown center. And that's what David Camp's game is. You know, I, I, I spoke to a lot of, of Chicago beat reporters and some Chicago people, and they said, look, this guy is better um, than, like, his numbers suggest. The, he is a pretty good, like, legitimate shutdown center. Like, he he's a threat to shut down anybody. And he even said, I'm willing to be the shutdown guy. You want me to go up against Connor McDavid for, you know, 17 minutes a night? I'll do that. Like, he's willing to, and he believes that's his the best part of his game. I mean, this guy essentially coming out here, and he's like, look, I, I can be like the Maple Leafs version of a Philip Deneau. I'll try my best. I'm, I'm going to do it. So I, I think that's where David Camp ends up being. Uh, and then I got Cache on there just because, you know, Camp and Cache have seemed to uh, play together quite a bit, actually, throughout the the case of, of preseason. So it seems like they're trying to build some chemistry there, I believe. They like grew up together, played together internationally, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so they do have like that, uh, you know, that chemistry there. So you put Kerfoot on that line as well, uh, and you know, you you got something there. You're cooking a little bit with with a decent little third line, and then the fourth line. This is for opening night. This doesn't mean that this is going to be. Um, how it, how I think it'll be every night. Like, I think the fourth line, it'll probably be a lot of filtering in and out of players depending on matchups. So opening night, though, you know, the Montreal Canadiens, a little bit of a heavier team. It's opening night in Toronto. So I've got a Toronto man's line as my fourth line to start game one. Jason Spezza flanked by Michael Bunting and Wayne Simmons couple Scarborough boys with a Toronto kid himself and Jason Spezza. Um, You know, I think that this is a line that I believe can be responsible and 
some with both ends, but also you can throw them out there and, and get a little bit of offense. Like Spezza last year was one of the most productive per 60 players in the NHL. I believe at five on five, he was a top five per 60 player in terms of production in the NHL. And then obviously we've talked about Michael Bunting plenty of times on this pod, but 10 goals in just 21 games with Arizona and then had a hat trick in the in like in the game that he had in the preseason. And he's got four goals in total in the preseason. So there's production there as well. And then Wayne Simmons, who I think is one of those guys who will probably filter in and out of the lineup, but on opening night against a a, a bigger, tougher team like Montreal, and the fact that it's his, you know a home opener in Toronto with the building open, his family and friends can finally come and see him after not being able to do it last year. Uh, I can see that you know the Toronto man's line, I believe, will be kind of put together uh, come opening. Night. So that's how I see the Ford group kind of being structured on opening night. Let me know what you guys think about that. Let me know if you guys have thoughts on how you believe that the lineup should be deployed come opening night. Put that put that coach's cap on. Um, you know, pretend you're Sheldon Keefe and hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck and see what your lineup card looks like. Coming up next, I'm going to go through the goal, uh, the defenseman and then name my starting goalie as well. So stay tuned here on the Lockdown Leafs podcast. We're back and better than ever. All eyes on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. And they're getting back onto the ice for some hockey. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with a new updated site and interface even more odds props contest betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football you can head to the website or use your promo device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus that's double your initial investment just for signing up don't forget to use the promo code NFL 100 from football, basketball, boxing, hockey, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Did you know that the Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time only? Right now, they've got Grasshopper Cookie. It is phenomenal. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about all of their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. You got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. And know this, my favorite flavor, the peanut butter brownie. It is fantastic. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors that we provide. And not only are the Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. They're great for the health conscious guy or gal, but also good for the keto diet. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like and get it now. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. 
Welcome back into Locked on Leafs. Mike DiStefano with you, the host of this show. Um, just a reminder, new shows, new podcasts each and every day coming straight to your phone. Just subscribe to Locked on Leafs for that daily Leafs content. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that's that. <laughs> All right, let's get back to my opening night projections. <sighs> so th- there's not much to, to really argue about the defense. I think the defense has honestly been set in stone really all off season, right? Like do do you guys see any any difference from last year? I mean, the the big difference obviously is that there's no Zach Bogosian. So Bogosian gone, there was one spot opened up on the lineup. And to me, that just makes it just makes sense. Like Sandine and Dermot, who were kind of just coming in and out of the lineup for each other last year, they're just now going to take up the last two spots on the roster. <laughs> like outside of that, like Riley and Brody, they're a great pairing. They're going to be paired together. Muzzin and Hall, they're terrific. They're going to be paid to played together. Um, they'll play on the PK. They'll play. Uh, you know, they'll be a shutdown pair like they were a year ago. And then the third pair, it's going to be Rasmus Sandin with Travis Dermott uh, flipped on uh, playing his offhand. That's how I I came into this. Like, legitimately, after Dermott signed his contract, I was like, okay, that's what the line's going to be. And it hasn't really changed. Um, I'll say this, however. The the other the one other thing that could happen, apparently, Timothy Lilligren has been uh, turning heads a little bit in practice. Um, he's at that age now where it is it's time for him to kind of take take that step and solidify himself into the NHL. I mean, he was drafted in what five four or five years ago. Like, it's time, it's time, Lily. And you know, Sheldon Keefe has has said as much. Like, he's he's come out, he's shown some good things, he's done some good things. I believe uh, over this week he's been paired up with Sandine quite a bit, so trying to see how they. You know, we'll play together in 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 the NHL, and I believe that is going to be the line tomorrow when they take on the Sens in the final preseason game. But I'm just not sure if that's because Dermot has been dealing with a calf injury, or if because they legitimately feel that Lilligren could be a better option over Dermot. I I don't know yet. Um, I haven't seen enough of either of them to really come out and say which one. No, that's a lie, actually. I think Dermot Dermot deserves to play. Dermot, at least, I know is an NHLer. Um, Is he taking the next step that we had hoped he would take over the last couple of seasons? No. But is he a number six defenseman at the very least? Yes, I believe he is. Is Lilligren? I haven't seen it. Not yet. At, at least. Like, even when he has played and has given an opportunity, he plays like 12, 13 minutes a night. So it's 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 very sheltered. Um, so I could see Dermot starting the year at the very least uh, with Sandine on that third pairing. And he probably has more special teams appeal as well. Like a guy who you could throw into the onto the penalty kill. Um, I know, obviously, Bogosian was a massive part of it. Uh, so... They didn't really find anybody, or they don't have anyone who plays a Bogosian-type role. They didn't replace him with one. I don't see Alex Biega making the team. Um, I don't see what Carl Dahlstrom making the team over a guy like Dermot. So, realistically, I think Riley Brody, Muzzin Hall, Sandin Dermot. That's, that's the top six defensemen. 
That's how I believe the pairings are going to look come next Wednesday when they drop the puck at Scotiabank Arena in front of a packed crowd. And Jack Campbell's going to start in net. As much as I've really liked what I've seen out of Peter Morazic so far this year, at the end of the day, Jack Campbell is still going to be the one. A, he has earned that right, earned that opportunity, but he's going to have to stay there, right? He's he's not going to have like an extremely long leash. Like if he goes on a bit of a run where he loses a couple games, doesn't look great, um, and Morazic comes out and does look good. I mean, we can easily see Morazic take over as as the one A, but to start, you give Campbell every every opportunity, every chance to prove that last year was not a uh, a one one hit wonder. That he is a solid goaltender. He is that goalie that Dallas felt they were getting when they drafted him what tenth overall so many years ago. Uh, so Jack Campbell, to me, I think is going to end up being a starter. That said, Sheldon Keefe did say today that, well, I guess since you guys are aware of the schedule, or if you're not aware of the schedule, uh, the first two games are back-to-back nights. So, like there's a game on Wednesday against Ottawa or against Montreal, and then they head up to Ottawa for another game in a back-to-back situation. That is how the season starts for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So what Keefe did say was both goalies will get a start but he did not say who was going to start what game. But if I had to make a guesstimate, and I'm projecting, I think Campbell gets night one and Morazic gets night two. So that is the lineup that I believe we will see come next Wednesday. I think Richie, Matthews, and Marner will be line one. I think Mikheyev gets the first opportunity with Tavares and Nylander. Kerfoot will be on the wing with Kampf and Kashe. Bunting, Spezza, and Simmons will form the Toronto man's line opening night. And then the defense, pretty well, status quo, Riley with Brody, Muzzin with Hall. And then I think Sandine Dermott will start out as the third pairing there for Toronto. And then between the pipes, it's Jack Campbell's net to lose. So he'll have the opportunity come night one. All right, that is going to do it for me here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Lockdown Leafs. And uh, I'll be back with another episode on Tuesday, folks. Monday is a holiday up here in Canada. It is Thanksgiving. So to all of my Canadians, have a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend. Hopefully you guys have a great feast. Enjoy the time with the family. Enjoy the day off on Monday for those who get the day off. Um, And enjoy the game tomorrow night. It's the last preseason. And then we get going next week. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. Uh, If you guys want to tweet at me, at making an underscore Canuck, let me know if you're going to the game. I'll be super stoked to hear that you are. Um, Also, if you, again, like I said earlier, tweet at me what your projected lineup is going to look like on night one. I I really do mean that. I want to see what everyone thinks the lineup is going to look like 
Um, and, and if anyone's got any wacky, crazy ideas, I think that'd be really cool too. So you can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. But that's going to do it for me here today. Once again, we'll be back on Tuesday with another podcast. Um, and then each and every Monday to Friday pretty well through until next summer. So be along for the ride next week. We really start ramping things up. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.